2: So start looking in the right place with LinkedIn. You can hire professionals like a professional post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. In 2020, my mom and I decided to go on an overnight camping trip together on the Oregon coast. I picked a, what looked like a pretty campsite from a campsite app and off we went. When we got there, we realized it was right off the highway but there were enough trees and a fence up front that you couldn't really see the road. But the gate was just a metal gate that swung into place, no locks. There was a house on either side, but the property was fenced in on both sides. We pitched the tent pretty far back close to the woods on the back of the property. The closest house was about 100 yards away, and the highway was about 200 yards, but again, it was all mostly fenced in and surrounded by tall firs. It was a lovely sight and my mom raved about how beautiful and peaceful it was. I will say that I got a feeling of dread as soon as we walked onto the property, but we arrived late and I didn't know if we'd be able to get a new spot quickly. My mom could tell I was nervous, but for some reason I put her enjoyment of the beauty of the campsite over my feeling of dread. We made a nice campfire and enjoyed some hot chocolate as we watched the fire. I kept an eye out and didn't see or hear anything odd. My mom went to bed before I did and I stayed up and watched the fire for a long time before going to bed. Finally, I tucked in, very exhausted from staying up. At about 2am, I awoke to twigs snapping and what sounded like someone dragging their fingers on the side of the tent, up to the front. I sat up and grabbed up phone and the only weapon I had, a large flashlight, and unzipped my sleeping bag in case I needed to fight anyone. There was a full moon that night and I couldn't tell if it was a person's shadow falling on the tent or if it was a tree branch shadow moving from the wind. It sounded like there were two people outside trying to be quiet. We had brought our boots inside so there was no indicator outside of who was in the tent. It felt like they were trying to gauge the tent while I was listening for where they were. I had made sure to make enough noise so they knew someone inside was alert, but no more than that. If they know someone is awake, they can't surprise us. But they also don't know who is inside and whether or not we have guns. I sat there in the dark until dawn. My mom slept through the whole thing. When we got up and out of the tent, small things had been moved. Our camp chairs had cup holders. One cup that had been in a cup holder was on the ground. A pen that had been in a cup holder was also on the ground. My mom raves about how good her sleep was and how refreshing it was to camp there so I didn't want to burst her bubble or scare her. We packed up and I didn't tell her, but let her have a nice memory of deep rest and relaxation while camping on this beautiful property. Was it someone living in the woods? Someone walking down the highway in the middle of the night? Creepy neighbors? Who knows? My mom got a great experience and I got a refund and a fear of camping. The property owner said they might set up cameras to keep an eye on things in the future. People scare more than almost anything else that could be out there. Anyway, listen to your gut. We should have found another campsite or at least a hotel. I am a park ranger at the Grand Canyon National Park. The vast chasm of the Grand Canyon with its towering red rock formations and pristine beauty, is awe-inspiring to behold. But beneath this stunning exterior lies a dark and dangerous secret that has been hidden deep within the heart of the canyon for centuries. One evening, as I was patrolling the park, I heard a strange, guttural noise coming from the heart of the deep woods. Curiosity peaked, I decided to investigate. But what I encountered was far from what I expected. As I ventured deeper into the woods, I came face to face with a dark, hulking figure. It was over seven feet tall, covered in fur, and its eyes glinted with a malevolent hunger. It was unlike any creature I had ever seen before. Before I could even reach for my radio, the creature attacked. I was outnumbered and outmatched, but I refused to give up. I fought with all my might, using every ounce of my strength and training. It was a struggle for survival, with the dark Bigfoot intent on taking me down. In the end, I was able to escape, but the experience left me shaken and haunted by what I had encountered. I soon realized that what I had encountered was far more than just a wild animal. It was a dark mystery, something beyond my understanding, lurking in the heart of the Grand Canyon. And even now, as I look back on that fateful day, I can't help but shiver with a mix of fear and excitement. Okay, a bit of background, I live in Galloway of New Jersey. I know about the Jersey Devil, Pine Barrens, and that sort of stuff. I'm also not really a believer, but I'm not against the stuff. I'm sure it's possible for monsters and ghosts to exist, but without having much experience I don't know. Anyway, last night, I was home alone. I'm 16-year-old and my parents work pretty late, and don't get home until 3-4 AM. I'm used to it now, no siblings, just a dog and five cats, so I get the house to myself. I'm laying on the couch watching TV and I notice something out of the corner of my eye, another pair of eyes looking at me. At first, I just assumed it was an animal or something. We get possums a lot at night so I didn't think much about it. 5 minutes go by and I hear this weird clawing at the door. My living room is fairly large, TV is in front of me. Then, a couple feet away is the dining room table, and a sliding glass door that leads to my back porch and yard. The thing was on the porch. I got up to investigate, first by flicking the switch on and immediately it scrambled off the porch. It seemed to be scared of light, so I turned it off, and grabbed a flashlight. It wasn't there, so I continued to assume an animal and went back to the couch. An hour goes by, and I hear this loud shriek coming from the yard. This time, getting scared, I jumped up and ran with the flashlight. I dimmed it down by taking my index finger and middle finger and kind of coiled it along the light, still making it visible, but not as bright. I shown it around the yard, and the thing was still there, but this time it was eating something. It looked to be small, like a rabbit or a young deer. Where I live, there's a ton of coyotes, so maybe one had strayed. But again, that shriek was awful, and not something I've ever heard come from a coyote's mouth. This thing was human, or close to it, anyway. The skin was black and kind of wrinkled. It had long limbs and seemed to be in a crouch position most of the time, but it was extremely fast. I got scared and shone the light at it directly, and it again, screamed and dashed off into the woods. I stayed up until my parents came home. I didn't tell them yet, just in case if it was something silly. I went to bed, and for the rest of the night, nothing about it came up. So, Reddit, got any idea of what this thing is? Any help or advice is greatly appreciated. I'm an animal lover, so I don't want my cats or my dog outside one day and then getting devoured by God knows what's out there. A note, I did the flare skinwalkers because that's what it most reminded me of. Last summer, I had been sitting under a railroad bridge where a creek surrounded by woods is easily accessible. As I was sitting on this creek. I began to hear what I thought was a cat coming from the left of where I sat. I am a huge cat person and I love animals so naturally I made my way over there to check if something was there. There was nothing, so I just made my way back to the area I put my stuff at and sat back down. However, the noises continued and were actually louder this time. I looked around and made eye contact with a strange looking deer. I see deer all the time. My rural town is quiet enough for deer to not bat an eye at crossing close to houses or facilities. This deer looked so weird though, it was a darker color and sounded like it had something in its nose. It made some kind of ticking sound so that is why I assumed something was in its nose. I don't even know how to describe its face, it looked warped and its eyes were almost human-like but it looked like a malformed deer so it made me very uncomfortable. When I got up to get a closer look it RAN, I tried following it but it had just disappeared, the direction it went and lead to an open field so I would have seen it. I'm not entirely new to strange happenings or stories like this as my town has its own urban legend attached to it. Was this some deer with CWD or something? I am a but of a skeptic myself to things like this which is why I am so interested in them. I saw a Bigfoot cross a dirt road in northern Michigan on Sunday, May 23, 2021 at 3 p.m. in broad daylight in the Manistee National Forest. It was eight feet tall, with light gray fur, and extremely thin. It was crouched down on all fours then stood straight up and crossed the road in three huge steps into the pine woods and disappeared. I had six kids with me who witnessed also. Long arms, hands swung below knees slightly hunched forward, no visible ears, short neck. Our hunting buddy also witnessed one walking through the woods on the opening day of gun hunting. We've heard wood knocks and banging on our cabin at night. Lots of activity in Michigan. Last night there was a storm that hit Alabama, It started raining really hard around 4 p.m. and started getting really bad around 5 and 6 p.m. There was a tornado that hit Jefferson County if I recall correctly. So before all that, at around 2.30 p.m., I went outside to feed the dogs when I got a text message from my sister. Hey my battery died again I'm at the water plant. My sister's car battery sucks, there's a water plant not far from here, so she pulled over. I got there boosted her battery, and she went home. I wanted to go to the store, get some chips. Now my road is extremely backwoods. When you're on my road, it's like driving in a forest. I got some chips and headed back home and by this time it's 3.15. It's starting to get cloudy, dark, and some rain. At 3.30 I was finally almost home, just going through all these crazy turns. It's pretty common to see a deer or two pop up, so I was driving around 25 miles per hour around this curve. When I saw this thing. It moved ran like a monkey. Was naked like a person, blue pale skin, long limbs, short body, a small skull, not too small, just small enough it didn't look like it belonged. If if were to stand, I would believe it to be about 6 foot tall, maybe a little shorter. I slammed on my brakes, but by the time I came to a stop, it had already ran into the woods. It didn't look at me, it just ran. Got home, told my sister, she thinks I'm pulling a joke on her. I'm just like WTF last night and today I'm still not sure what the hell I saw. I like to hunt, I got guns, but I'm not brave enough to find out what it is. Does anyone have any idea what that was? This was in North Alabama. Is anyone from around here that's seen it? I don't know if I'll ever see it again, but if I do I'll post again. If I see it again I'll try to take a picture. I grew up in the small Lincolnshire hamlet of Branston Booths, named in legislation as a nitrate-sensitive area. It had a pub, an old wooden village hall, and a chapel, but no church or shop. What it lacked in amenities, however, it more than made up for in attractions for adventurous children, such as a mysterious island surrounded by a moat, a stretch of woodland with some old but occasionally inhabited caravans in the midst of it, always the Operation Center for International Crimes in our imagination, and a body of reedy water known locally as the Delph. This waterway ran straight from the main crossroads at the Booths, via an intersection with the car dike. To the Sinsel Drain, ultimately feeding the county's main watercourse, the River Witham. The Delph has high grassy banks on either side, accessed from the crossroads by the Car Dyke's own bank, which runs crossways to meet them and provides a bridge between the Car Dyke and the Delph. The first Delph bank is about 10 meters, 33 feet, away from the crossroads access point. One summer's evening in 1985, as the day was slowly turning to night, I was with my band of adventurers at the crossroads, there were five of us, aged 12 to 14, chatting idly, with the Delph and bank tops, and fields beyond, as our backdrop. Three had their backs to the Delph, I was facing it, and a friend, Daryl, was standing to my right on a slight diagonal so that he was able to turn to me and then to our friends during the conversation, giving him a broader view than the rest of us we were on the point of saying our goodbyes when something caught my eye. A head had popped up over the first Delft bank top, and as I turned to register it, my mind was troubled, was this a rabbit-faced man or a man-faced rabbit? And with that, the head, on a pair of non-rabbit-sized shoulders, shot hacked down behind the bank. Open-mouthed, I looked to Daryl, who had a similar expression, and we both said in excited unison, did you see that? We tried desperately to explain what we had seen to our friends. Daryl found it difficult to articulate, perhaps because of the angle at which he saw it, other than describing this human or animal thing popping up and shooting back down again. We searched along the banks to see if it was still there. We found nothing, but, if truth be told, we didn't look very hard. It was a terrifying encounter, but mercifully short. My friends were nonplussed. You just saw a big hare or rabbit, but Daryl had seen what I had seen, and he just shook his head. Over the years, I have sought to explain this away as a trick of the crepuscular light, but why would it trick two people in the same way? As a larger than normal animal, but I have seen enough rabbits and hares to know that they do not pop up in that way, or have human-like shoulders, or as a person playing a prank, Doubtful given that it is one of those places where everybody knows everybody else, and we would definitely have heard about it later. Was the entity, perhaps, a cousin of the giant rabbits of the mythical island of High Brazil? I have also wondered about whether I had already seen the wicker man and was simply imagining a man with an animal head mask popping into the shot, as they do most memorably in the film, but had Daryl seen that film too and had he really been having the same thoughts as me? None of these strike me as satisfactory explanations, I definitely saw something strange that night and it has stayed with me ever since. We didn't mention it again within our group, and while I have always looked at those banks hoping to catch another glimpse, none has been forthcoming. I lost touch with Daryl when I went to university and he moved from Branston Booths, and I hope he sees this account. It is the first time I have written it down and would welcome his and any other reflections on this brief encounter. A few years back, I was leaving a friend's house late at night. His house was in the middle of some random farming area in Tampa Bay, Florida, more specifically Claire Mel if you're familiar. My friend's fiancé was giving me a lift home and as we were taking a left onto a long, dark road, in an equally dark area, there were few street lights or house lights, the headlights of his car lit up the front yard of a corner house. As we were turning, We both saw something fall from a tree in their yard. It looked like a person. Sort of. I know how illegitimate this is going to sound, but it looked like that seriously creepy ice cream man from Legion. It was tall, had long limbs, pale, super thin. It landed on its feet, but it kind of looked like it also landed on its knuckles, almost like a monkey would. But we only saw the back, side of it and very briefly. My friend's fiancé was a no bullshit kind of guy and doesn't believe it weird stuff at all. So when he freaked out, I freaked out too. I made him turn around and go back to see what the hell it was. By the time we turned back, it was gone and after a few years he now denies it ever happening. What in God's name was that thing? I've never seen anything like it before or after. Has anyone else ever experienced anything like this? I was hiking in the Cascades in Willamette National Forest, Oregon. It was a remote area of the range. On the seventh day of my hike, the hair on the back of my neck started to stand up. I chalked it up to be a mountain lion in the area. But the weird thing was the uneasy feeling never left. That night I set up camp, planning to stay put for a few days. That is when I heard the strange howling. It wasn't wolves or bears or any other animal I had ever heard. The closest thing I could relate it to is the noises primates make. This persisted for the next few nights. Something started rummaging through my campsite soon after. I assumed it was a bear or raccoon. But then on the ninth day, I woke up and my food bag was removed from the tree. Something had cut the line through. All my food was gone. I decided to break camp and push forward. I had a few days left until the end of the trail. I could always fish for food. The same nightly activities occurred on the 11th night. By that time I was sure that I was being followed. Something started throwing rocks at my tent. For some reason, I lost it. I screamed into the darkness for whatever it was to leave me alone. Hoping it was just some person f**king with me and maybe they'd leave me the hell alone. Instead, it grew quiet for the first time in nights. Nothing could be heard. Then a scream louder and more vicious than any other night cut through the silence. Then nothing, complete and utter silence again. Despite it being quiet I wasn't able to sleep that night. I just waited. The next day I continued my hike, dead tired, just wanting to get out. The hair on the back of my neck still standing, and the forest was still quiet. I felt like I was being hunted. Towards the end of the day, I sat down to rest before pushing a few more miles when I saw it. Something tall and large, bigger than any man or animal I had seen, sliding through the forest not making a noise. I yelled at it. It turned to look at me. I never got a good look at it through the trees and the brush and it was dark. I threw a rock at it and then pulled my knife. This thing just kept staring at me. I don't know what kicked in, but I no longer felt scared. Damn it, I was angry and I bluff charged at the thing. It stepped back a few steps then stopped. I yelled again. This time it took off running to my left. It had long strides and was quite agile. I was very tired and made camp there. A night of silence. When I woke up the next day I knew that I had about 10 miles until the end of the trail. Exhausted, hungry and mentally drained, I made my way out. As I got closer and closer to the end of the trail, the typical forest noises returned. I no longer had this feeling of unease. I got to the trail's end and sat in my car. I was an emotional wreck. I believe that I was stalked by a Sasquatch, but I just don't know. I told a park ranger about it and he jokingly said they have a bunch of Sasquatch sightings in the area but most likely it was my own imagination. I still do a lot of long hikes, but that trip was by far the worst. I was coming back on a long hike to the oxian on our way back daylight was closing on me. I were a more calm part of the dunes and there were not a lot of four-wheelers at this part of the dunes. I entered a small part of foray and could barely hear the fet whisper of the creek. I was glacing around ad saw a large jagged rock on my left. It started drizzling, and I threw up my hood blocking my side views of the scene. I vast about halfway through when I heard stealthy pats, I admittedly froze. I had no clue what it could be. I turned around just I time to see a large furry leg slip around a bend. It was large and seemed human-like. I be live it was Bigfoot and clearly it was ot trying to harm me. I was too petrified to give chase and I sprinted all the way to my car. I was just hanging out with my friends in the alley by the Panaderia, Mexican Bakery. We used the alley and the parking lot to skateboard and just hang around and talk. There were five of us and we saw this thing standing on top of the flea market across the parking lot. It looked like a large man but he had wings that were wider than a car. It was watching us and it had very bright red eyes that looked like the tail lights of a car. It stood there making these chirping noises that we could clearly hear, even from across the parking lot. It stood there for about a minute watching us, it made us all feel like we were in danger and that it was after us. It then shot straight into the air and flew over us, the entire time it kept watching us as it flew over. My friend wanted to run but we told him to stay still or it might chase us and it would lead it to where we lived. I silently prayed to La Virgin de Guadalupe for protection and this thing kept flying away from us and headed off in the direction of the arch. It made us all very scared and when we talked about it the next day, we felt that one of my friend's ex-girlfriends might have sent it after us. She practices breweria and it just seems like something she would do. If it was meant to scare us, then it did what it was supposed to do as all of us were scared out of our wits. Early one morning my friend Joe took myself and another butt of mine, Alec, on a trip to the coast range. We'd done this a few times in the Cascades, but hadn't yet taken a trip to this one particular area south of Corvallis, then west into the mountains via logging roads through an area where odd things have been reported in the past. Joe was aware of this. This specific road goes up a canyon that holds very few homes. Approximately one half mile above this last house was a turn where several trees blocked the road. Probably Tiber thieves. At any rate, we couldn't drive over it, plus it was early March and not too many roads, if any had been cleared yet. It was raining, as it usually is that time of year, but we'd been driving for two hours and wanted to walk. We put on our hats and coats and just started walking in this road. I honestly remember thinking we were making a lot of noise. Approximately one half mile from the truck we came around another tight curve in the road. At that point my friend Alex stopped along the left side of the road, which ran fairly steeply down into a small ravine where a crick was at the bottom. Joe and I turned to Alec who was looking at something along the side of the road. He told us to come back and look at something. We did and what he had found startled us. It was a clear, five-toed footprint of very big size. We couldn't believe it, the camera was in the truck, the rain was coming down and we knew the clearness wasn't going to hold long. This is also how we knew the tracks were fresh. They were ringing with such detail it was obvious that we had spooked it up out of there. We'd been right on top of it. If we just hadn't have been talking and laughing it up, perhaps we would have seen whatever it was. Joe finally opted to go back to the truck to get a camera. Alec and I stayed there and literally watched the track dissolve with the rain. We couldn't tell where the beast had gone on up the hill lost the tracks once they hit the gravel on the road. So, we backtracked and followed them quite a ways down the canyon. Most of the tracks were simply large impressions in the duff. The only one that was clear enough to totally see was the one Alec first spotted. Alec went back to the first track and I started walking the timber back toward the general direction of the truck. I was basically walking with the road, only down in the brush. About 30 feet away from the tracks were a second set of smaller prints that also came up out of the canyon and headed up to the road. I followed them up and about 10 feet short of the gravel they cut to the right. This would have been right toward us. They cut, then straightened out and we across the road at an angle. Then I lost them. About 10 minutes later Joe finally got back. We took pictures, but as we had figured, the tracks were mere disturbances in the ground now. Nearly all the detail was long gone, washed away. Only big, foot-like outlines remained. While we were taking pics Joe suddenly asked if we had heard anything. Without thinking twice, I said I had heard bird calls. Joe looked at me a long time, then said he'd heard bird calls back at the truck. There's a problem here. Birds don't call in the rain. The calls we heard were omzak crow-like, only not. Very loud. We were getting soaked, had been there over an hour by this point, so we went back to the truck and left. Later when the pictures came back, we were very disappointed with the lack of detail. My story happened in Hungary. We were sailing around a big lake with my then boyfriend, it takes several days to do the full circle if you're not super fit and we want to make it into a nice holiday. There are many camping sites by the lake, big, crowded places, not quiet, secluded grounds. We were students back then, aiming for the cheapest camping spots. In this one camping site the cheapest spots were situated by the fence. Well it wasn't a very massive fence. On the other side of it ran the bike trail and the train trails too, so it was busy. We thought it would do it for the night and yet again, We were surrounded by other campers though not super close. I'm quite a light sleeper, would wake up for any noise but my BF was fast asleep. In the middle of the night I was jerked awake of the noise of someone unzipping our tent and suddenly I felt a hand touching my foot. I guess they were looking for stuff that they could move easily, like our bags, wallets, phones but those things weren't in reaching distance, they were piled up next to our heads. It was so surreal and happened so quickly, I didn't know how to react so I just started kicking whoever it was. Fortunately I managed to scare them away. In the morning we saw that the fence behind our tent was tempered with. I was terrified, kept thinking about what if they had a knife on them or something, in Hungary it's not easy to get a firearm. After that I got a little lock so our tent couldn't be unzipped from the outside. I was driving home one day. Since the drive is quite lengthy I stopped to stretch my legs. I pulled off the road on a corner. I got out of my car and relaxed for a second. After a few moments I turned around to go back to my car. But when I did, I saw something move on a side of a hill next to me. I stopped and watched it for a bit. It was very tall and very wide. It was dark and walked with a slight hunchback. At first I thought it was a man. But this thing was huge. There was a few cows and trees around, so I could guess the height of it. I would say it was well over 7 feet tall. The cows didn't even seem to notice the creature. It would stop every so often and look in my direction. I stood there confused to what it might be. I've lived in the mountains all my life and have never seen anything like it. My pulse jumped when I thought of what it could be. With that thought in mind, I got in my car and sped home. When I was 15, my parents made the decision that they wanted to build their own farmhouse in the southern pasture, doing away with the mistakes our old house had, and improving on a few concepts. I, being the mountain boy I was, was ecstatic. I no longer had to drudge half a mile to my trap line, a mile down, a mile back, and a half a mile to the house, and get ready for school. The trap line would be 200 yards from my front door. All big projects start somewhere.
1: Hold up, what was that?
2: See, we always had problems with iron water at our old house, it stained everything, changed how food tasted, and god forbid you had anything white. So dad borrowed a bulldozer and an excavator off of a friend for a few days, built a sturdy road down to the bottoms, and dug footers for the house, but first we had to see if we could get a good well on the property. It's well known that a certain sect of my family could witch water, and had an old drilling truck. But first, silver had to cross hands, a jug of good shine had to be shared, and the rest poured out afterwards, and me and my sister would see if we also had the gift. My cousins came down and checked the land with three things, a fresh forked peach limb, a pure silver pocket watch, and finally a set of heavy copper wires bent into an L. The peach limbs marked the prospects, the watch pull told the depth of the water, and the copper told of its purity us kids had to stay up on the hill till they were done, and one by one, we were called down and instructed how to find water, and mark it. My sister was down there about half an hour, and then I got the call. When I went down I was given four flags, instructed how to do it, and set out with a peach limb. Where it pulled the hardest I marked the spots while my dad and the cousins looked on from the truck. I was next given the pocket watch, and told to tell them which one pulled the hardest. After that, I was given the copper tines and told to tell which one crossed the quickest. After much testing I came up with the one weaving down through our sugar maple patch where we made maple syrup. Well apparently I was dead on and was congratulated by all attending of my gift. But I digress, on to the creepy part. The next day they brought the rig up, trimmed some trees so they could stand it up, and started drilling on my spot. At 50 feet they hit water unexpectedly, short job right? Well dad had talked them into drilling a few holes in the creek through the bedrock so he could blast a few big holes in the creek for trout and a swimming hole. Well he had already cleared out a road down to the creek, and cleaned off a section of bedrock, diverted the creek to the other side, and prepped them a spot to drill. The creek is probably 30 feet wide from bank to bank, and is easily cross dry footed in dog days, but never goes completely dry. Well, they take the rig down, drive it through the pasture, turn it around, and back it out on the bedrock. Dad took the dozer and was clearing off a section on the other side of the pasture, and I was watching him for about an hour or two, when my cousins come running up to my dad, yelling for him to come and pull them back up the bank, they ain't drilling any more holes in the damned creek bed. Some words were exchanged, and dad backed the dozer down, hooked up to the rig, and dragged them back into the pasture. The weirdest thing was, they then set up the rig 50 yards from the creek and started drilling a test hole. When they got about 4 lengths down they pulled it up, and went back another 50 yards and drilled another, finally satisfied in what was going on. I on the other hand had walked around them, and walked down to the creek to where they had just drilled. See, dad couldn't turn all the creek against the hillside, not enough backfill and too much bedrock. What I seen was a drill hole down through the rock, with a small stream of water disappearing in it. Come to find out, they had hit an underground cavern at 6 feet and it just went. It extended about 50 yards out into our pasture, and maybe another 40 yards beyond that. We had to rearrange where we were putting the house it came so far. We went back down to the creek with a tape measure. The tape measure maxed out, so we got a 100 feet tape and put it down, it maxed out. Got a spool of Baylor's twine, tied a rock to it, put it into the hole. We all sat there for half an hour while dad fed twine down into that hole off that spool. Finally he said F it, and cut the twine, it's too damn deep he said. He gingerly drove the dozer back into the creek and smoothed everything up, covering the hole, and that was it. Dad passed away 7 years ago this October. I walked down to the creek and fished at this spring for a mess of brookies. The creek changed and scraped itself clean in a few sections this spring. One of the places it scraped clean was the bedrock where the hole is. Water is still flowing down that hole, it never filled up. I was hunting. I shot a deer, late evening hunt, track till dark, when to get help. I brought my brother and hunting partner in on the recovery or tracking of the buck. We walked in about 8 pm, got down to Nevergo Creek. About 1.30 to 2 am, then up the ridge about 2.30. It was quiet, a light snow fell, and dark. We had a good lantern bright out to 50 feet. My brother said SHSHSH listen you hear that. It's your deer. I can hear it. It sounds like it's still alive. I shot the buck with an arrow, a killing shot and believed it to have been gone hours ago. My brother said he could hear the deer gasping for air or gargling. I listened yet it sounded like a light woofing growling sound. It became louder as we got closer. I now could hear it pretty well and was convinced it could possibly be the deer dying. Bummer. I asked my brother to hold the lantern up high. He was nervous about going down to the animal, so he stayed with my friend. I thought I would run quickly down to the sound I thought was the deer and dip hatch it with my hunting knife. I made it to the end of the lamp's light. The darkness erupted in the closest encounter with an unidentified animal, screaming low to high pitch. Very loudly. I turned around and ran for my life. I made it to my brother and friend clutching them and the me. What is that? I said dot the animal continued to whoop then scream at us dot it circled around and above us dot it screamed for a good 5 minutes, while we ran for our lives dot we came out of the dry around 5 am in the morning dot we had gotten lost for a short time, for of all fear we had dot I was sure we were goners. Till this day I'm afraid and can't get out into any mountains for fear of that creature dot possibly the bigfoot. I've hunted, fished, hiked, camped, Was a logger and never in 20 years ever experienced anything like this? Not an elk, not a lion, not an owl. Hi everyone. I have been following this Reddit page with glee for the past few years without any stories of my own. I live in London UK. Anyway I did something different this year and had a holiday of a lifetime in New England and Ontario. Just for background. I hike a lot in the UK and nearly always by myself. Even though I work full time and live in London I tend to do about 30,000 a week. Anyway I took my boots to the USA and had a few hikes round upstate New York. We were obviously on a road trip due we were driving through the White Mountains in New Hampshire. Anyway we were just past Lincoln and taking the long way to Concord when we decided to stop at a shelter on a mountain road. I put my boots on but none of my family fancied it. So I decided to follow what looked like an old trail. There was no trailhead here although I was officially in the White Forest State Park. I kept following aware that my family were still on the road but didn't expect me back for an hour. It got very silent very quickly with what I heard as broken twigs all the time. I felt like something or someone was following me. I couldn't shake the feeling that I was being stalked especially as I had seen an old derelict shelter at the start of the trail. Anyway it also dawned on me that I was an ill-prepared Brit with only a pen knife to protect myself. I decided to head back but still couldn't shake the weird feeling. New Hampshire did have this hold over me by the way, beautiful but very disconcerting. While bow hunting in late November or early Dec of 2002, I fell asleep against a tree stump. About an hour later I was suddenly woken when I heard a crashing sound in the brush behind me. The woods were very dense, maybe 50-100 to feet behind me is where I think I heard the noise. I heard heavy breathing almost like a, a grunt of some sort. At first I thought it might be an elk so I grabbed my bow and looked around the stump. There was a smell in the air kinda like a really dang stench. Not too horrible though. I was a little creeped out. I sat still for about 10 minutes and the breathing stopped and all became quiet again. I packed up my stuff and got the hell out of there. I had a feeling something was out there. It could have been an elk, but I was eating lunch before I napped. I don't think an elk would wander that close and here like that. Anyways, it scared the hell out me. I am living very rural, in a small village with maybe ten to fifteen houses, but close to the highway, you can drive there within maybe five minutes, and also about ten minutes away from the town. If you cross the street, it just takes you about ten minute walk to reach the forest. First Christmas day. In the afternoon, my partner and I decided to go for a little digestive walk, as we were really stuffed from all the food. It was about 17 and already dark when we left, and we had a big and bright LED flashlight with us. I also took my camera and my flash, as I love taking pictures of nature at night. We decided to walk on a little country road towards the forest and then turn right, following a small graveled cycle track close to the forest border, which connects our village and the next, maybe 15 to 20 minutes walk between villages. In the middle part of the track, You have to walk through a small bit of forest. It's rather dark and the trees are very high and quite dense. When we entered, I saw our flashlight reflecting on something and recognized a car being parked there on the side of the track, close to the trees. This struck me as odd, as cars are not allowed to drive there and the path is very narrow and hidden, so I was a bit cautious. My partner pointed the light inside of the car and it seemed to be empty, I also noticed the windows were frozen, so it must have been parking there for a while. A bit in front of the car I spotted a tree with an intriguing structure, and I asked my partner to point the flashlight towards it, so I could focus better and photograph it with my flash. After I took a few images, my partner told me, um, there is someone standing behind us in the middle of the road, he is looking at us. Nobody was following us the whole way. I kept looking around and behind us occasionally, because at this time in the evening and close to the border of the forest there are boars sometimes, and it's mating season, so they are more aggressive than usual. Indeed there was a man standing behind us, staying out of the flashlight's reach. He wasn't saying anything, just standing there and facing us. At first, I thought he might be startled, as it may seem a bit weird if someone's just taking photos around your car. It was not even legal to drive on that path with the car. I decided to get up and confront him from a distance, explaining to him that I was just taking photos of that tree. He didn't react and still just stood there. I then went on to ask him if he needed some light, and he replied that this wasn't necessary. It was odd, but I was still calm, sure about there being a normal explanation for his behavior. Nonetheless, my partner and I decided to just get the F out and follow the path leading to the next village, it was maybe 5 to 7 minutes until we reached it. I remembered the letters on his license plate, not the numbers though, unfortunately, and googled it, and it turned out that he was from a city about 6 hours away from our village. Mind you, the country I live in is in a very strict lockdown right now, so you are only allowed to travel, even by car if you have very urgent reasons. After we reached the first lantern of the next village, we looked back and observed the car driving a bit out of the forest, turning around, and going back inside. I was able to see that he parked there again and turned the lights off, he didn't leave the forest. We then went home on a much longer way than initially intended, as I didn't want to go back there for obvious reasons. Our flashlight battery died on the way and my phone battery was low so I didn't want to call the police back then, but I called them as soon as I arrived home and gave them all the details, big regret that I didn't memorize the whole license plate, but it was just so surprising that I seriously didn't think about it. Also, it only occurred to me as really strange when I thought about the frozen windows and that he could impossibly have walked behind us, plus him having no light and not responding. He did seem to be sneaking up on us when I sat down to take the photo. I think I was very lucky to have my partner, the camera, and the bright light with me. I don't want to imagine what could have happened if I was alone. So, creepy guy sneaking around in the forest, let's not meet. Edit. When I told my housemate, she theorized that he may have been spying on the houses very close to the forest border, as you can easily look into their backyards without being seen, you have to walk a bit up the hill and further, about 5 minutes. I think it's likely. I had the thought of photographing the car when I entered the forest part of the path, but somehow I felt unwell about it and decided to not do it, despite it being an interesting scene. In hindsight, I believe this saved me, as he must have hidden behind the trees close to the car and forest entrance. If he was really planning a burglary, or worse dumping a body, I think it's not unlikely he may have attacked me if he realized I had a potential photo of his car with a recognizable license plate. A buddy and myself rode our bikes up the road to check out the old helicopter pad which we had been told of by our neighbors. As we got the top we heard hard stomping almost like there was two different animals up there with us. About 10 feet from us we heard a loud crack and then a madrona tree started to shake violently the it stopped, then again the tree shook. My friend and I thought it was a joke. So we picked up a rocks and started to throw them in the general direction of the tree. We scared it off for a little while but then the tree stared to shack and a rock was thrown back. We decided to jet fearing a bear or something else. As we rode down the road we could hear one on each side of the road stomping almost like chasing us out of the forest. I have been up there four times since then and find it imposable for the tree to shake as it did. But since then I have had two more encounters with the stomping beast in that general area. I grew up on the countryside right next to a national park frequently visited by nature lovers and bird enthusiasts. It was the kind of park where you're not really allowed to bike or ride horses, only walk or run, but 10-year-old me felt it was a stupid rule and did so anyway, because the trails were perfect for it. I knew fully well that I wasn't supposed to do that, and was caught a few times but nothing much came of it apart from a half-hearted don't do it again. And I did, of course, until one day something frightening happened that made me stop. My family were horse breeders, and I would often take on of the horses for a ride, usually in the forbidden park. This day, very early morning, the first day of the summer holiday, it was beautiful outdoors. Misty and foggy, yet a sky that promised a sunny day ahead. Since it was so early, before 6 o'clock, I knew there wouldn't be anyone on the trail to see me. So I let the horse set off full speed along the trail. I only slowed down on the part of the trail that got a steep on one side, leading down to the river, because the thought of one step too close to the edge was too much even for a kid with next to non-existing risk assessment skills. Suddenly the horse came to a halt and refused to take another step. I grew up with horses all my life and knew that that usually indicates that you need to investigate, is there something with the hoofs? Did the horse spot something that spooked it? The hoofs were fine, but the horse didn't move an inch. That's when I saw it. Someone had set up a trap, a thin sharp metal wire across the trail, in perfect neck height for an adult. I stopped and looked around, but didn't see anyone. The wire was well attached to two trees and impossible for me to remove, so I led the horse around it, and to do so I had to walk a bit up into the wooden area on the side of the trail. That is when I heard the singing. There is a song called Hey Tom to Gubber and it was that melody, but the lyrics were different and sung in a muffled, sniggering voice. Today I only remember parts of it, but translated it would have been something like hey, all you runners, come here passing, let the lifeblood pour out. I, as silently as I could and with my heart in my throat, backed away, got up on the horse and hurried back the way I came as fast as I could. I knew I had to tell someone about it, but at the same time wanted to avoid admitting to riding a huge and very forbidden horse on those protected trails, so now I had a problem. The old stories about a mad old man living in the shed in the woods, a shed that was one a cottage for the local hunter, came back to me as I hung on the horse for dear life. I got home and told my older brother what had happened and he went back there with me in tow. We found the wire trap, and after a while of searching we also found a spear-like pole in the ground, right on the spot where you'd land if you came running and jumped over the fallen tree on the trial. That's when we called police. The area was searched and several similar traps found, but no sight of the old man. The following summer though, there were big news in the local paper about spear-like poles being found right under the water surface directly under that little tower you're supposed to dive from at the lake. And black garage bags filled with big rocks were found on the narrow bridge crossing the river, so that if a car had hit it, risk is it would have gone off the road and into the water. We were camping in an isolated spot. There was one other family camping at quite a distance from us, and apparently no one else for miles. We had been watching for Bigfoot signs all day, as we have been interested for a very long time. We were right next to the creek, and planning to sleep in a bed in the back of our open station wagon. In the afternoon, as we were exploring the creek, we heard the distant sound of wood striking wood. We are bird watchers, and very familiar with the sounds of woodpeckers. It was nothing like that. It sounded like a very large branch striking a tree trunk. An axe might have made a similar sound, but the people were in the opposite direction, and there didn't seem to be anyone else for a great distance. Besides, the rhythm was all wrong for an axe on a tree. Instead of a steady chop, chop, there would be two or three strikes, and then a pause as if they were listening. It went on for maybe 20 minutes, periodically. We kept trying to answer back with the same sound, but it didn't sound the same. We couldn't swing a large enough stick to make the same sound. Whoever was making the sound appeared to answer us back. That night we camped, but as the fire got low, we became very uncomfortable for no apparent reason. Perhaps it was just our imagination, but finally we decided to go home. We decided to come back when we were able to get a motor home, so we could be inside something. We now have the motorhome, and are going to try again next weekend in the same location. If we have any success, we will let you know. This seems like a small thing, and there may be some other explanation. But we couldn't think of anything else that fit the facts. At least, it will be a lot of fun to go back and maybe we could be lucky enough to see a Bigfoot. Last day of a week-long backpacking trip in the Canadian Rockies. I was about 15 minutes ahead of Dan when I came upon a literally steaming pile of grizzly scat in the middle of the trail, loaded with berries. I made sure that my bear spray was handy and walked on. Maybe 30-40 yards down I was in some brush when I heard a rustling to my right. I stopped, grabbed the bear spray and my camera. Then a grizzly, 8-10 feet tall stood up on its hind legs less than 10 feet from me. But just as quickly it dropped down and ran off like a quarter horse and disappeared. I got a bad photo and a racing heart. In late September 2002, I was camping by myself near Williamson River Campground. The area where I camp is one of many traditional campsites used by members of the Klamath tribes along the river. On my way in, I drove through the nearby campgrounds to see if any were occupied. As they were not, I continued on to my camp confident that I would not be disturbed for at least one night. After setting camp, I caught my dinner, ate and settled in for a relaxing evening with my fire. It was very dark, still, a little chilly and very quiet that night. I remember considering turning in for the night as my fire had burned down to embers so I checked the time. It was midnight, exactly. At that moment, I heard a large and heavy object hit the surface of the water with tremendous force. I would estimate the distance of the splash to be about 30 feet away from my fire pit. The object came from the opposite side of the river. The object did not dislodge and roll down the bank as I would have heard it tumble down into the water. Also, the bank is such that if this large object were thrown by a human, It would have struck the bank at least once before reaching the river. Whatever threw this object, I determined to be a large rock, was very strong. I became immediately alarmed realizing that I was not alone. I did not allow my instinct to flee drive my to panic although I was very frightened. I rationalized it could be one of two things that threw the rock, sasquatch or a very large wild person. In either case, it was apparent to me that I wasn't welcome there that night even though I had camped there many times before without incident. I decided the best thing to do was to leave as quickly as possible. Before moving from my seat, I reached for my sidearm and fired a round into the air to let whatever it was know that I was armed and scared. I then hurried to my vehicle, started the engine and illuminated the opposite river bank with my roof-mounted spotlight. I saw nothing. I then quickly broke camp and left without further incident. I did retrieve the object in question a couple of weeks ago. It is a large volcanic rock of awkward shape and weighs in at 34 pounds. It was exactly where I remember hearing the splash and is the only rock of that size and shape in that section of the river. It was a nightless night in the Finnish wilderness. Just me and my dog, Couldn't sleep so I decided to just hike until I'd be tired. It was all fine, until my dog makes a dead stop and I can't convince her to take another step. She put her head down, her entire mane is up and she is growling this low, things are going to go down growl. This is a pretty easy going dog. I have never heard her make that sound before or after. Her most common reaction to wildlife is to scream bark out of exitment she is very used to forest and its critters. But this was very different. She was seeing danger. And I saw absolutely nothing. I heard nothing. I freaked out. So I backtracked to a little parking lot we had passed some time ago and called a local cab driver if he could get us. I had just had it, whatever it was, I was too tired for it. The cab driver came and took me to my car. Paid like 60 euros but it was kinda worth it. I didn't hear this, but my mother did. My mother, sister and I had taken a trip to Oregon to see my dad in the summer of 2002. He lives in Parkdale, Hood River, Oregon and there is a lot of forested areas around his place. The three of us were in the camper one night very tired from driving. My mother was, for some reason awake and laying in the bed. About three in the morning my dad's peacocks and ducks and guinea hens started freaking out and making loud noises. My mom wondered why they were doing this. She figured there was a fox or something in the hen house. But then everything became quiet. And in the not too far distance she heard this yelling and screaming. She laid in the bed listening for a few minutes and every animal she knew went through her head. She used to work in a zoo so she knows quite about about animals. Every animal that went through her head had no sound like that. The screaming went on for a little bit and then sounded further and further off. She finally fell asleep and told me about it when I woke up that morning. I had chills going down my back because a few years before that night I used to come to my dad's every summer. One night I was in a dead sleep and my dad's dog started growling and barking. He slept in a kennel right next to me. And after my mom told me about that night I thought of the dog barking. What if Bigfoot was looking at me through the window? Just nights before my mother heard this, we had been driving up into Oregon. I was driving and my younger sister was in the passenger seat. Both of us saw a huge black figure walk across the road just at the end of our headlights. When we passed it I looked at my sister just to make sure she saw it too. Moments later my mother made me stop and get out so she could drive. I was of course afraid to do this for the 9 foot man that just walked across the road. I had been hiking in Wekiwa State Park since it's literally across the street from my house. I was somewhere on the orange trail. I really hadn't seen anyone cause it was chilly. I started hearing laughter from the scrub about 20 yards to my left. It made me a bit nervous, considering there was nobody to make the noise but I continued on. Probably two more minutes pass and I hear it again, this time a bit closer. I picked up the pace. Less than a minute later I heard it for a third time, followed by substantial movement coming out of the brush behind me. I didn't look, I just ran. I ended up sucking wind maybe half a mile down the trail. I couldn't keep going. I ended up facing the direction of the creepy noises and taking a knee to rest. As I was turning back around to continue my hike out, I found a packet containing three sharp knives. I shat myself. Everything after that is a blur. I told a ranger at the front as I left, it didn't seem like an urgent matter to them so I just left it. I have no idea what it was. Or what it could have been. I just know I didn't want any part of it. I have one other creepy story from when I was a kid. I was walking my dog, a black and white pity retriever mix, outside before putting him to bed around 11 pm. It's very dark as there is a lot of wooded areas around my apartment complex. I usually walk him about half a mile or so out from the complex to a stop sign and light post at the end of the street, which borders on the woods. Usually there is nothing out of the ordinary, just woods and the normal animals like squirrels and the occasional deer. Sometimes there's that weird heavy feeling like something is watching you intently but I mostly ignore it and we cut our walk short and head home since a brief scan of the area shows nothing is there. Tonight there was that heavy, Watched feeling again but when I scanned the woods there was something there. A dog with glowing yellow eyes that looked exactly like my dog, down to the heart-shaped white spot on his chest, standing just past the tree line staring directly at us. It looked like it could be his twin but there was just something off about it that invoked that feeling of run. My dog definitely saw it too and was whining and staring at it hard. Usually my dog is reactive to other large dogs but he seemed more scared than anything else and wanted to get away, which is very abnormal behavior for him. After seeing it I fought that run feeling and walked quickly but casually back into the gated area and home without looking back but listening very hard for anything coming behind or to the sides of us. Instinctively it felt like the safe thing to do I don't know why. It seemed like it didn't follow but who knows. I do know that I will be skipping nighttime walks for a while that's for sure. Any ideas on what that might have been? Google was not much help. We live in North Georgia at the base of the Appalachians but I didn't grow up here so I'm not sure of local folklore for the most part.